Welcome to Drinking and Talking with your host, Vincent Franconi. Welcome to Drinking and Talking number I don't know anymore. Um, this is Vince, and I'm at, once again, uh, Kaneen's Bar in beautiful Rogers Park with, of course, as always, Jeff, the producer. And this time I have uh, the lovely, talented Jen Bosworth. Hi! Cheers! Cheers! Do a Cheers, quick clink. Jen is, uh, is drinking with I'm, us. I'm drinking Coke. Just, But it counts. No, no. I'm, I, I, it totally counts. I mean, it's, drinking... It's probably, Coke is probably worse for you than any alcohol. <laughs> You're really hurting yourself more than we are with beer. Right. In fact, just, I'm, yeah. You got like sugar, caffeine. I'm the most pathetic person at a bar right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think if you look around, we might well, just Well, yeah, I'm going to keep my eyes down. No, it's definitely like the vibe of drinking and talking is it's a bar. It's good that we're meeting at a bar and you're not drinking as opposed to like the not drinking at like my backyard, which we've done because like that's very alcohol like centric. Yes. Whereas this is like at a bar, you don't have to drink to I mean, have bar the talk. the music here is amazing. It's pretty good. It's been pretty reggae heavy tonight. I love li- it. I'm a good. I've come around. My favorite reggae song is um, um, "Sitting in Limbo" by uh, uh, Cliff. Jimmy Cliff. Jimmy, uh, yeah, the harder they come. Yep. Yep. It's on that album. He's. Uh, that's actually. I only reason I like reggae is because that record. Have you seen the movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's wild. It's great stuff. It's great. It's so wild. But that's what introduced me to him and. Um, uh, Suits in the Mini Halls yeah. my, and Desmond Decker. My sister was in a reggae band for a while. Scapone. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Well, how do you know? You never met her, but you know that band? I remember hearing the name and thinking that was clever. It's very clever. Because it was a ska band. Scapone. And they did really well. They opened for um, uh, One Step Beyond. Madness. Yeah. yeah. They opened yeah. for Madness. Um, a long, 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 long time ago. Before, so anyway. Before we go into all yes. that, since we're on that subject real quick. Yes. What was the name of that douchebag your sister was dating? Oh, my God. His first name was Dustin. We can leave it there. We'll leave it there. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, that dude was fucked up. Did you, did you meet him? Oh, many times. He was fucking horrified. But why did, why did he come over to visit us? Well, he didn't. Okay, so the bio quickly is that I've known Jen Bosworth since... 1993. Since 1993, uh, when we were both college students, and... Um, I met you. Did I meet you because of my roommates in the dorms? I met in the you. dorms. Yeah, you lived in the fifth floor, or the sixth. I lived in the fifth. I, yes. Um, and uh, you did. You were you were a theater student, like most Ugh, of my friends. God. Which we won't really get too deep into if you know. <laughs> no, I don't care. I'm just theater. Oh God, theater students. Well, just I hearing I, that. How I was friends with them, I don't know, because I hate theater students. But me too. And how I yeah. Was I with you, you know I'm the actor that hates actors, and I hate. I just. When I would have my radio show and have actors on, it was always the worst interviews of my life because actors cannot shut the F up <laughs> about what they're acting in. Or the wor- actually, the worst is stand-up comedians or improv Really? People. Oh, my God. Bits after bits. And you're like, you don't have to do bits. Yeah, you don't have to be on. You really don't. In fact, it sucks that you're on. So if you've ever been on my show, sorry about that if you're a stand-up or a improv well. person. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else. All the others. All the others. Um, no, but so anyway, we, we you guys were all theater majors. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. 
And uh, we were kind of talking about this before. You didn't actually live in my apartment, but you kind of oh, did. Oh, I kind of did on the old Southport. Yeah, uh, 2141. I it doesn't exist, right? The building that we I lived in and you kind of lived gone. in, it was, was we got kicked out of that building because it was um, not up to code. <laughs> like the landlord <laughs> sold it and the new landlord uh, did an inspection. And I remember this very clearly. I remember the inspector walking around and like we had caved a hole in the wall. Yeah, I remember that. And we just covered it up with like a like a poster. Yeah. And uh, it was just such a bad place that they said that even though they said the wiring is so bad it could go up any minute. <laughs> and they just it was kind of like well it'll be condemned if you don't make oh these changes. Gosh. So they got rehabbed it and completely. Guys, yeah, I mean leave. it looks like one of those Lincoln Park um, stone. They all look the same over there now. They the do. That place was. I so loved what, it. So what was your impression? We were talking about this earlier. We saved it for this. What were your impressions of that apartment? That apartment, it sums it up like this. Someone that you lived with said, this was a typical thing. I woke up once wasted and had to, still drunk from the night before, and had to vomit. Except the toilet didn't work. So I had This is to, the worst story ever, by the way. I know I, what's happening. I had to vomit on someone's shit. And then your roommate said, you think that's bad? I had to shit on your vomit on the shit. I refer to that story as the parfait. <laughs> that was an absolute... See, here's the way that we thought back then, which I think anybody who's ever been that age in college was can relate. really bad. We're going to throw a party. <laughs> oh, guess what? The toilet's not working. Should we cancel the party? Well, no. Of course Let's not. Let's just hang a sign that says, that says don't use this and, you know, hope that everyone understands. It was really bad. But like, Jen, of course, vomited. I was, vomited. I was wasted. And I, I just was like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah, it was really bad. They didn't fix it for a while. I, I was, I spent a long time urinating either across the street at the convenience store or, or in the, the backyard. Or the sink. Now, I never did the sink because the sink was full of dishes that never got washed. That's right. I mean, I remember our version of Sunday breakfast. I, you know, my boyfriend at the time would always make cans of corned beef hash, but cans. Lights of it, lots of it. Lots of that. With eggs. I thought that was normal. No, it was pretty. We had party after party. There was some good. There was some good times. I don't but it was, know where I lived. Oh, I was supposed to be living in the dorm, maybe. You were living in the dorm after we moved out of the dorm. You were always in my sweet mate's dorm. Yes. And then. Uh, oh, that's right. So you that's just right. kind of were always at the apartment. But you, even though you lived in the dorm, you crashed with us quite a lot. Oh, I mean, I basically lived there. Do you? I don't know if you remember this since we're on memory lane for a second. Yeah. But um, see, Jen doesn't drink anymore. No. Uh, and you were never like. Uh, oh, I drank a tremendous amount of. Well, you drank the forties. 40s Every mom, Friday mom night liquor. was we would fill the bathtub with ice cubes, Mickey's, 40s, Mickey's, mm-hmm. and then uh, listen to the Paul's Boutique with the Beastie Boys. Oh, that's right. And drink a lot a of uh, malt liquor. And that was like Friday nights. And then I would pee well, outside. The, but the best was when we. This is when we were still in the dorms. Oh. Um, you were not quite passed out, but you were laying on the bathroom floor. I have, don't recall. And you were awake because I remember I had to use the bathroom, so I was literally standing over you, Peeing. urinating over you. Oh. And. Uh, uh, you know. I think it's coming back to me now. And I was even remember saying like, Are "You okay?" And you're like, "Yeah." I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, I was apologizing the whole col- time. I don't. Yeah, college was a blur, but it was, it was a good blur for a while. It was good for a while. And then, and then, I kind of got to hate it, but yeah, me too. But but then, things you got to grow up, kind of, you know. So we'll talk about that because this is this is you know. Um, 
not your biggest claims to fame, but after you left oh, Chicago. Such a weird, weird thing. So, yeah, I left Chicago in 2000. and uh, it that long? Okay. I left in 2000. And I decided to go be because I did um, television here, and I thought, "Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be." ER. I did ER. I did early edition. I did. I was at Steppenwolf uh, doing theater, and then I decided I was going to be famous. So I moved with my friend Laura Fishman to um, to LA, and I got a job at this place called the Bodhi Tree, which oh, was a right. metaphysical bookstore, and while working there and, and stopped acting. I was like, what is this place? And I fell in with this kind of crazy spiritual crowd that like believed in astral travel and like, um, you know, all kinds of the power of now was just coming out. So I got really into that. And then in came Nick's producing partner to buy some books. This is Nick Cage. Yeah, oh, Nick Cage. I'm sorry. I always, <laughs> Nicholas Cage was my boss and his producing partner came in and said, you know, do you need, well, no, it was his assistant at the time, said, how much do you make here? I remember the, the guy's name was Houston. And I said, excuse me? We started talking, because I'm from the Midwest. You talk to everybody. And it was like this really hippy-dippy place. And he was buying, like, something. I don't know, tarot cards or something. And I said, he's, he said, how much do you make here? And I said, what? And you know how much I made? Eight twenty-five. This is the year 2008, It's really bad. It's awesome. really bad. Yeah. So I said, I told him, and he's like, how would you like to make, you know, like real money? And he said, come to this office and come for an interview. I, and he wouldn't tell me who it was for. <laughs> and so I show up on Sunset Boulevard, and in the office is all Nicolas Cage posters. So his production company, you know, had all these movies. Birdie, I don't know if you've... Birdie is a good film, Peter Gabriel soundtrack, that Nick did when he was very young. And uh, then... Um, he was in that? I didn't know that. Yeah. And then he... And then um, just all the movies, you know, Fast Times and uh, yeah. Leaving Las Vegas. I, it was right after Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, okay. That's what I was trying to figure out, was what era. Was it pre... It was pre... Like, before pre-Oscar. Oh, right. Was, I guess he won the Oscar. No, he won the Oscar. Okay. He, had, he, was, he was an Oscar winner, and I had come right after that. Oh. And so um, he wasn't there. I interviewed with everybody else, his development people, his... And then they're like, you got to go meet Nick. And, and I was like, okay. And so I got into a van. And there's no cell phones at this time. I had no cell phone, you know. Yeah. I was 24. And I said, okay. They put me in a van and drove me into the desert. <laughs> it was me and the driver. That was it. And I'm like... All the way into the desert. It was like Jesus. three hour drive from this LA. Like a, this is like a casino. It was terrible. And I was whack. scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got to the desert and Nick was filming Wind Talkers, mm -hmm. John Woo. Right, okay. And so they go, go into that trailer. And I'm like, oh my God. I had no idea. First of all, like, I'm. It just was weird. I remember I was wearing like a turtleneck. Why? I was wearing a desert. black turtleneck in the desert. It's just very strange situation. So I go into the trailer and it's a it's a small trailer and I'm sitting across from Nicolas Cage. Never met him in my life. He's right in my face and he had prosthetic ear. Falling off because Wind Talkers, he was in a movie. That movie is about the war. So he had a prost half his face was blown off. And I'm sitting there and he's like, I swear to God, he has my resume in his hand. And he goes, Oh, 
I see I see you worked at a Catholic church. That's cool. And then that was it. Then I got what? hired. So I worked at St. Josephat. And yeah, Southport. at Southport. And the rectory. He liked that, and I got hired. And Wait, so I'm. When did you work at St. Joseph? During college, during my last year, and and right like okay. senior year. I lived across the street from there, but That's after right. that. On Wayne? No, right on Southport and oh, Southport. Golden. Yeah. I had no idea. Anyway. Anyway, so I he hired me. And then I started working there, and I worked there six years. And he, I was started as an office manager, and then became an assistant, a personal assistant to his partner and his assistant, Nick. And it was the craziest. Cra- I went to his wedding to Lisa Marie Presley, which was the strange. I forgot he was married to Lisa Marie. Three Presley. months, I think they lasted. Oh my and the wedding God. was like millions of dollars. And it was my my favorite story about that wedding is this. All right, we're all at the wedding. <laughs> it's crazy. Everyone is famous, whatever. But Jim Carrey's there, right? And Jim Carrey uh, has a daughter. And uh, anyway, so Jim Carrey came up, and I, uh, you know, you just end up talking to people because you're standing there like an idiot, and they, right. they're standing there like idiots, even though they're famous. They don't know what to say either. And so he came up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm Jen. I work for Nick. Isn't this fun? It's a beautiful... They had this mansion they were, like, having the wedding in. Isn't this great? And I said, oh, it's so nice to meet your daughter. Oh, no. It was not his girlfriend. daughter. It was his girlfriend. Oops. And I was like, I'm fired. I am so fired. It's I can't imagine that Nick Cage isn't saying fucked up things either. Yeah, he says fucked up things. But 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 he's famous. He he's fa- right. Yeah. Famous people can get away with so much. When you're fa- when you have money and you're famous, you're just amazing. And when you don't, you're just crazy. If you don't have money, you know, you're just a nutball and you end up in a state-run nursing home. Sure. But but if you have money and you're famous, then you can be as crazy as you want. You so I, I never asked you this since you've been back in Chicago, but you don't still at all keep in touch with Nick Cage. No, I keep in touch with. I'm not even sure. Oh, there's my mailman. I yeah, even, yeah, he yeah. comes here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even. He's a big PETA supporter. He's always yeah, trying to get. He's got me. a lot of dogs. Yeah, he, he also he also said that he um, has a colony of feral cats. He keeps. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, so um, no, I don't keep in touch with him. I'm not sure he would even remember me. I'm really yeah. good friends with his producing partner who got fired. Right. He fired my friend, my Norm, my friend. The company closed. So yeah, they didn't last. He told me. Yeah, it did not last. I, I believe it though, from what you describe of his like slightly offbeat it's existence just, of that well, he wouldn't I don't remember know. you even though it's been oh yeah he he wouldn't he had like five assistants okay he was that kind of a guy and also like would buy boats and meaning that he his money ran out I mean everybody knows this is common knowledge that he had tax issues yeah um and the thing that always shocks me is that, like, no matter how much money, seriously, money makes things easier. That's no, no joke. You can't, for me, you can't argue that it doesn't. Yeah. But it also, you can still, it's amazing. You can still have paycheck to paycheck making $16 million a movie. No, I've met people, yeah, I who mean, are rich, who are lawyers, or have big, important jobs and, and, and live, can barely scrape Yes. Off. I don't get it. It's a, well, way, what happens is this. So, like, I always tell move, like, how movie stars, yeah. yeah, how movie stars do it is this. 
if you're a smart or if you're a money savvy movie star, you you take a very low front end and you take a large back end. So like a Tom Cruise say will say, okay, my fee is a million dollars, but I get fifty percent of all the sales or right. whatever. Nick was like, no, no, just give me my money up, up front. front. That's a terrible idea. Yeah. Because then you blow through that and you're done. Especially when you think of like... you have to do another movie and then you end up doing Christian movies called Left Behind. No, we did Left Behind. I I was going to ask... I know. Okay, so here's my Nick Cage thing. Um, And I know this is unfair because the industry is fucked up. Right. people do not... Like, I've never really... I've tried not in my recent years to be that trollish guy who's like... If I ever met an actor like that, I'd be like, what were you thinking when you did this? Because, you know, people have to fucking work. Yeah. But, like, the Nick Cage pre-Oscar, post-Oscar career is fascinating to me. Because um, the movies that I think of Nick Cage that I like, I think, oh, man, that guy is... He can know what he's doing. Or he's interesting to watch. Yeah, Um, yeah, right, right. To me, it's the most... Which one? Oh, this is my favorite Nick Cage movie, and one of my favorite movies, period, is The Vampire's Kiss. I love Vampire's Kiss. It is the most offbeat, fucked up movie, and Nick Cage is out of his goddamn yes. mind in that movie. Yes. When he was say, he was since the alphabet yes. and it's more compelling than anything I've seen yes. any actor do in years. Agreed. Because he's just playing over the top. And yeah. nobody could do that at that time than no, he no. Young. He, he was like a he was like the precursor to Jim Carrey but better. I was saying like Jim Carrey, him and Crispin Glover yeah, must have been yeah. friends at some point. Yeah. Because they were all very in the eighties very odd and very compelling. He was really good friends with Crispin. I believe it. Yeah, I yeah. could see that. Oh, Chris but then and then and even like I think like Moonstruck I think is a great performance. Great. Like I think he's just beautifully. Look, when he unhinged. got his teeth fixed, yes. everything went downhill. Okay. I'm I was going to say when right he won now. the Oscar because they were around the similar time. My theory is you win an Oscar and you're not hungry anymore. Yeah. You're kind of like I just want more of that Oscar prestige. I don't want to do like a weird. But he kind of came back to me when he did the Bad Lieutenant movie. He, oh, that was crazy. Sort of New Orleans. How do you not love a movie where a guy, where Nick Cage says? To what someone, does he say? Don't you have a lucky crack pipe? <laughs> like he brings out his lucky crack pipe. That's right. And like that's a typical line that he says. He, in that also, movie. he's really good in a recent movie called Joe, mm. which is about yeah. Yeah, that's he's good. really good. But you know what? It's so strange how people. He's just a weird guy. Like I think you're weird. You're kind of born weird. Yeah. And then you get famous weird. And then you're broke weird, but you stay weird. Yeah. So like you're now a kind of broke weird dude who who has some money and some you know uh, street cred yeah. in Hollywood, but you're also just weird. And so it, it was really strange. It was not like working for a quote regular celebrity. Like he had snakes and like. Yeah. The original Danger Will Robinson robot in his house. Oh, really? And so from the, from the Lost in Space. Yeah. Oh, so wow. we would enter his crazy sort of gothic mansion for Christmas parties, <laughs> and I remember at the time I was smoking Matt Sherman cigarettes oh, nice. that came in different colors. Yeah. Anyway, I just remember that. So you walk into his house, and there's that goddamn robot that goes off, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my, this is scary." I mean, I was so drunk at his house, I I, I don't remember what happened. Really. Really? 
you quit smoking, right? I did when I hit 30. I just couldn't breathe anymore. That was a problem. You and I, I, I think like you, we were smoking a lot back then. Cigarettes. Dude, I smoked. Yeah, like, I wasn't we a big weed smoker. A lot back but then. I, I loved to smoke. You were, you were one of my favorite smokers. I was. Because you always French inhaled that. Or no, oh, you didn't yeah. French inhale. Whatever. You would, you would take a puff and the smoke would escape yeah. and you'd suck it back in. Yeah, right. I could do that. It was kind you of had, like, fun. You like little tricks with your little cigarettes. Little tricks. I loved smoking. I think I still love smokers. I, I like to hang around with smokers. They're interesting people. They're always like the funnest, like the most fun people at the, um, like if you ever go to a business meeting, the smoker who has to escape during the business meeting to smoke is always the most fun person. They're always like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, I, I gotta have a cigarette. That. And I'm like, I'm with you. I just can't do it anymore. No, but me I miss neither. It. I miss it terribly. Did you just not do it for health reasons? Did you stop? Sort of. I mean, I was... This was uh, 10 years ago. Yeah. So I was in my late 30s. And you were like, oh, you still well, smoked 10 years ago. No, yeah, I did. Well, I did quit in my 20. late 20s. Yeah. And, I think uh, I remember that. Yeah, I was a non-smoker for a while, but I picked it up again around 34. Okay. And then you quit And then for, good. for about four years, I was back to like, you know, pack and a half, two packs a day Holy for a while. Shit. And then I just um, stopped. Kind of because of health, but more because of bars. Like, I couldn't smoke in a bar, and I was living oh. with a roommate who didn't smoke. You know what? It was like there was nowhere left, there, so I was like, you know what? You in win. a bar was a great thing. Yeah. It was the most fun. Like, right here? Like, this bar here. Oh, you know it was a smoky as hell. Like, I moved to Rogers Park in 2007, a year before the ban. So I was smoking in this very bar, and it felt normal. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. For like a year, I had a good... I had you had like a good, good year smoking. In this very spot before they, you know, they wasn't allowed to anymore. Do you ever write in bars? Yeah. Uh, I have here before because if you sit at one of the tables... I mean, it's really nice. There's Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's nice. There's Wi-Fi? There's Wi-Fi here. Do they have food here? No. No, but they will gladly give you a menu of every takeout place in the area. And you can have takeout come here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The first time we did a podcast here, uh, we ordered Thai food for the guy because he was so broke. He was drinking too much, and I bought him, I bought him chicken pad thai. It had to be done. He's like, I can't go home to my wife without being this, being this tipsy. And he needs something. Oh, well, that's nice of you. Well, you know, you he was also the- he's a younger guy, and I felt responsible. Oh, okay. Too, yeah, 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 yeah. To ask you some questions. Yeah, but by all means. <laughs> so, what, when is your new novel coming out? Uh, Soonish. March 2019 is what we're aiming for. Okay. Uh, it's sort of nonfiction-y, but it's. Oh, it's nonfiction. Sort of. What does that mean? Well, I think all memoirs are bullshit anyway. I agree. So there's a little fiction. There is no really a straight up true memoir. But this one is mostly nonfiction, but it's very like there's a lot. It's mostly vignettes and shit. So it's not like memoir e. It's parts of it are. Uh, There are there are some moments of the flop house on South Park mentioned. Really? I don't name (laughs) names. I give everyone. uh, I I basically made a composite character out of all those assholes that that we lived with. Who's you know we won't name. We will not name one of them's a real. Yeah, oh, yeah, here. yeah, I really don't want to go into that. Yeah, yeah we won't talk about that. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. But, like, there's true stories, though. Like Some of those of stories are amazing. Ah, you know, reliving all that and writing about it, I was like, yeah, but, like, stepping on your roommate's used condom in, when you're barefoot, oh, that's, oh. Not, that's not amazing. <laughs> You didn't that, have the barefoot sorry. part was really that, bad. That, that was that bad for a minute. And it happened. Barefoot. It, it, it happened. That happened? Oh, yeah. 
And it was just like, I can't live here anymore. Um, we used to have, yeah, anyway, we had parties in that, like, side yard situation. Yeah, yeah. We used to oh, have backyard God. stuff. We used to just, I mean, there was fun moments to it. I'm not going to say it was all misery. It was just a lot of booze. So I'm going to tell one more Southport story, and then, you know, we don't have to spend the whole time on that. But I think it's a Kimba. I left it on the book, and I was thinking about it the other you day. You left it out of the book? Yeah, because I forgot about it until oh. recently. I don't know if you were around for the, do you remember that we had a Christmas tree at one point? Yes. Oh, I and it, and we didn't throw it out for months, months after Christmas. But it was, it was almost probably a year. I mean, it was oh, probably yeah. it was there for like a lot, most of that a year. year. And one day, uh, when everybody <laughs> except me, of course, was uh, was tripping. Oh um, my god! And I was the I was the non tripping guy. Shrooms or acid? Probably acid. The yeah. only time they did shrooms. Uh, which is in the book. They called me on the phone. Oh, I remember. And this. I was the only one at home, and I was like, "I'm gonna have a quiet night at home." And then, like, the phone rang, and then they wouldn't, and then they wouldn't let me leave the phone for three hours. Or actually, it was more like six hours. It was a really long time. I was, well, I was up to like three or four in the morning. Talking them down. Or well, something? I just had it on speakerphone. I was reading a book and like having a beer. And every once in a while, they'd check in and they'd be like, "Vinny, are you still there?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, I'm here. You're doing okay." You're, you're gonna get through this, and then they would just go back to like they would Be lose the thread out. of our conversation. So it's like, what am I gonna do? Just stay on the phone, compelled? So you just like, no, that, that sounds not compelling. Well, one day they were, I think they were on acid in the, in the apartment, and like somebody got the idea of, I'm sick of this fucking tree, and dragged it across the apartment and threw it down the back stairs. I remember and every pine needle fell off, fell off, and blanketed the entire apartment in pine needles that we never got rid of. I remember. And uh, that's still there. They're probably. So well, the that's ground. the thing. Like the day we had to move out, we realized that we're not getting our, we're going to get our security deposit back beca- only because they're condemning it. So we just half-assed our move out. Like we just anything we didn't want to take, we I threw remember it down the this. Back stairs. I remember this. And it was like this collection that kept growing up the stairs yes. of like old TVs yes. Yes. and food. This is all coming back to me. Cans because, of condensed milk. After that, I remember, and because after that, one of your roommates moved in with me. Yes. And that was a whole other horror show. But but I'm Southport, by the way. Yeah. With yeah, Joanna. Southport with Joanna. But I remember that staircase yeah. and being like, what? And then you can you walk down walk it because it was full of stuff. It was, it was a we, Christmas tree, a television, cans of food, clothing we didn't want. Where did you go after that? After that, we went to a, a shithole apartment on oh, Sheffield yeah. and most of us Except for the individual who moved in with you. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield and Belmont, right next to the Diplomat oh Transient Hotel. That is where I met one of the loves of my life. That's right. Yep. I forgot about that. You had a, We had a wild weekend there where you oh, met a dude. God. I you met, met a, a man. Fella. I did, and I was so in love, and we dated for a while. He was, okay. he was a pretty attractive, handsome, he charming was. guy. He was. A Juilliard graduate. Yeah. yeah. That was a fun if, weekend. If, yeah. We had uh, people come down from uh, North Carolina and crash with us. And yeah, it was just I like basically like a three. 40 long it was crazy party where like we'd sleep wake up and then just go get we went to salt and, and pepper drinking. and then drink again so drink it again yeah and you met a you met a fella i i was so in love and that that i remember was very, that. i remember very, you were very conflicted i because he lives far away yeah but and then we're friends are you yeah oh you still talk to him oh yeah oh i wonder oh, how yeah. the golden panther's doing how what that was his nickname the golden panther <laughs> Why? He'd just walk around and say, "Who's the Golden Panther?" And we'd point at him, and he would just make this like insane face. He was yes, a yes, I am. Yeah, yeah he's just a charismatic dude. He was a very charismatic dude. But yeah, after that apartment fell through, um, I got kicked out of that apartment because I was such a because I was unemployed for six months and couldn't pay rent. 
And then you I, did? Oh, yeah, yeah. I basically got asked to leave. Weren't you working at a bookstore? Not yet. Oh. I got that job after. Yeah. I, um... You were asked to leave? Yeah. Those assholes asked you oh, to yeah. leave? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they were assholes, but they were getting their rent paid. Yeah. Some of it might have been helpful to parents, but they were doing it. Or they worked. So where'd you go then? I crashed on, I will say the name because he won't mind, and he's been on the podcast, I crashed on Chris Sabella's couch. Oh. For, originally it was supposed to be for a little while, and I really taxed that little while for fucking months. Like a long, like almost a year. Did we, he get mad? Not really, but like we, it was a studio apartment. Oh so my gosh. Two guys in a studio apartment was tough. It had this amazingly large walk-in closet where he had a loft bed that oh. had been made before he moved well, in thank there. God. He slept in the closet, which sounds horrible, but was roomy, and I slept on the couch. So we weren't on top of each other. Okay. And then he worked at Tower Records at the time and was gone till like, like he worked the night shift. So he would get home at like midnight or get off work at midnight. Did he work at one on Clark? Yeah, Clark yeah. and Belden, yeah, which yeah. is down the street. We lived on, that apartment was 2119 North Sedgwick. Great. So it was in the area. And uh, I, so I crashed with him for like what a really hell? long time. And did he kick you out? No, but he did have moments where I would like get these notes that were like, you need to maybe leave or I might kill you. Okay. And it was Pretty nice. clear, but and nice, I mean, and, and, and clear. And he was incredibly patient for the record. And there were definitely times where I would come home and he would be like in a mood where I could tell, I just need to get lost for three hours. Yeah. And I would come home and it would be better. Um, and, you know, I think he to this day feels bad about that, but I don't think he should. Like, he was more patient than any human being should I can't believe that you... Okay, so then what did you... It's like Okay, so him. after that, I squatted in an apartment for a few months. For a summer. What? Where? So my friend, Mike K, you didn't know Mike K, Mike Criswanos? No. He was a good guy. Um, oh, great song. Uh, they're playing some they're really playing some good great tunes ones, here. Man, so Mike was like, uh, this dude, Mike K, was like, hey, um, I'm moving into, he moved into this really beautiful duplex apartment in, uh, in Lincoln Park. Oh, this is coming back And he had, a, But he had a shithole studio, and he's like, do you want to sublet my studio? Because I got a couple months on the lease. And I said, yes. But I never, for whatever reason, managed to get in touch with the landlord. Like, we kept missing each other, and I just moved in anyway. And I'm not proud of this, but I basically squatted and pay rent How for long? About maybe three months. So like a summer. Like a very fun summer. Oh my god. And I just lived in the studio and I remember the day the landlord that, never collected the rent? No, like they and we it's like every once in a every week or two I would call the office and his say, assistant hey. say, Oh, uh, let me know when the contract for the or the lease is gonna be mailed and then I get like a answering machine call like two weeks later. I mean like it was kind of a little bit like we weren't really connecting. Yeah, it's a, but sort I, of- I I I, tack, I milked it. And I was at the bookstore working, I worked at the Aspidistra. And one day, uh, Chris Wano's come, Mike comes into the bookstore and he goes, uh, I just got a phone call from my old landlord. The jig's up, man. He knows you're living there. You got to get the hell out because he is going to come after you. And we moved out of there in the dead of night. I had him and my friend Travis like help me move my stuff out of there pretty much like with no notice, not packing. I left everything. I just brought like my books. And, which half of which were in storage pack and boxes anyway, and maybe some clothes. It got like I left everything else. I in the middle couple, of the night, just got out, like a thief in the night. We got the fuck you did, out of yeah, there. Yeah, because you just want to get nope. arrested. I didn't want him to see me or sue you. Because if I figured if he can't see me in there, he can't prove I was there. Well, also yeah, and you don't want him to know what you look like. No. Right. And uh, no. So I got out of there, Ooh. and I, I like I made some calls to friends. I'm like, who can I stay with? And uh, I got an apartment. Uh, a couple of my friends, um, which I don't think you knew, uh, Nick and Nicket. Excuse me. Nick and Nick and Nicket. 
Nicket. Nicket was his name. Yeah, he was a was one guy. Nick uh, Crumlet was the other guy. No, they were uh, Nick and Nicket. Yeah, it was funny. I lived with two guys, Nick and Nicket. <laughs> And they lived, as two guys, right? two guys. Yeah. Nick, and they lived on Southport. And, uh, you spend Alt- a lot of time on Southport. I've had three apartments on Southport. It's and kind of had, a cool street. I've had is. two. You've had two. Yeah. I've had three. But I moved in with them. Thankfully, they let me crash with them. And I had enough money saved where I could pay my rent. Um, and that was like the next apartment I moved into for a while. And then I met a girl and moved in with her. And that was a series of horrible terrible apartments that I lived in with this horrible, terrible relationship. How long were you in a horrible, terrible relationship? Uh, got two, three years, maybe. Uh, we, I, I broke up with her, or she broke up, we broke, we had a mutual breakup, and then I moved to North Carolina for a few weeks. What? With the intention of staying, and then she called me and guilted me into coming back. When were you staying with my ex? No, I was staying with uh, uh, an ex-friend of mine who I don't okay. talk to anymore. Okay. Uh, but enough, but he was of that crowd. He was yeah. a friend of uh, right. Matt Fritchman's. Yep. And we, I just, he's like, you want to come to Asheville, North Carolina and live with me? We can just start a whole new life. <laughs> the two of us in this new city that neither of us know. <laughs> Say goodbye to Nick and Nicket. And I, I did. With the girl. Well, I had no choice with Nick and Nicket because they were all moving on. They had graduated college and they were going to like go live in like adult We need to offices. write like a sitcom, Nick and Nicket. Nick and Nicket. And it could be on Nick I at Night. Nicket, if he's out Nick there. Nick I would love to reconnect with that guy. He was the goofiest kid I ever met. He was, um, he had, I mean, he's, he's I mean, half he, Thai, half Chinese. Oh, okay, because I was going to say yeah, the name is, is, Nicket is, is Thai. Not, I believe it's Thai, yeah. Your and average he, Wisconsin name. No, no, he's not a, but he, um, uh, he, he wouldn't drink until he turned 21. Oh, and which was cute, sweet. right? But the day he turned 21... <laughs> Did he go crazy? We brought him to the Liars Club oh, at Bar in Fullerton. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you've been to the I've Liars been Club. There. I don't know what it is about the Liars Club, but there's a vibe <laughs> yes. in that place that basically yes. compels people to get too drunk. Wasted. Like, like, still there? I, haven't, I don't, I don't think know. So. I, don't I don't know. think so, but I, I think I but, I think I might have gotten into a fist fight there. <laughs> it's, it's that kind it's of a like place. It's like regular, standard stuff yeah. for like the Liars Club. I just remember that's maybe the worst bar to bring someone in when they're 21. Okay. Like on their birthday. Terrible. Because you're basically saying, here, go crazy. This is what we need you to do. But, but it's not like a typical, let's go to some. Like, no, it's a lame, dark, fratty dark bar. Place. It's like, a, like it's like a, it's you're gonna have a dark night. It is. It was a very much like this is what it means to be a functional alcoholic. Right. Condensed it is a little Bukowski esque. Yeah, it's versus, very. Hey, let's go to the strip club. I'm 21. Kind but of it's thing. it's not like quite a dive. No, it's not a dive dive. It's but it's more, just like. Anyway, Nick it, Nick it. Did well, he get he, sick he had it? a rough night. Uh, I remember we all got really. I got really drunk. We walked home from the Liars Club to our place on Southport, and we stopped for tacos on the way. And I, I probably speed ate four tacos to try to sober up, and then made it home and threw them all up. <laughs> you threw them all up? Oh, immediately. Like yeah, we made it. Like it was a fight between him and I to see who's going to get to the bathroom first. You know, I, speaking of, I mean, this is like sort of turning into like drunk stories, but. I would get drunk on Mickey's Big Mouths and pee in the snow. And I, because I would walk through campus and have to pee and there was nothing open. Yeah. So I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to pee in the snow. I spent, now I'm knowing that if you pee 
on a campus like that because it's a it's a Je- what were we Jesuits? Yeah, I don't I know. Get, uh, it's Loyola. What's DePaul? I don't know. I don't know. DePaul. They're, they're Christians Vince, of some sort. Vince, Vincente. I don't know. Whatever. It's got a religious bent, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you pee on a religious, it's a crime, right? Someone said peeing on churches, peeing on that kind of thing. This is it like peeing on Jesus? I guess so. Yeah. And you have to register as a sex offender. Did if, you? No. I got you to get caught. <laughs> I'm just wondering if you. No. I was like, did you get caught? Have to do I that? never got caught, but now I have a. I heard a story about a woman that peed on a church, and a and a, a woman with kids lived next door, and the kids saw her peeing in this oh, church. That makes, I guess. And she was arrested and had to register as a sex offender. If you spit on a church, is that okay? No. I spat on a church in Mexico. Why? Because it's a church that there was this horrible, um, famous story: the 1968 massacre in Mexico oh. in uh, Tlatelolco, where. Um, the, uh, the the Olympics were in Mexico City that year, and they were really didn't. They wanted to suppress student. Uh, yeah, I protests. remember this. So they fucking sent the, the, story. the army and basically and just they shoot, slaughtered everybody. They just shot yeah. three hundred students. Yeah. And while that was going on, the church that's still there in the square did nothing. They clo- They locked the doors so the on people- students trying to seek shelter. So when we went there, my wife and I went to. to you the, spit on I, it. We we gave him the finger and gave him spit on Good. the church. Yeah. Good. A lot of a lot of stories of like that of, of peeing on places and also just um just debauchery and like and I'm glad it, 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 it's romantic for a second like it you is, were saying when you is. were writing like you can romanticize that I do I'm like oh it's a simpler time of you know watching people masturbate and all that yeah and then. It's gross looking. No, it's, it is. It was gross. For the record, when I was writing all this for the new, for the new thing, like I try hard to make it funny but not glorify it because it's, it's terrible. Story. I mean, Some like ter- there's a true story in the thing about how I did get in a fist fight over Bob Dylan. Wait, what? You I weren't mean, there that night, but I did indeed. Get I in a was fist there. Fight. No, you weren't. I don't think. I remember. Because you would have probably laughed and said something that diffused it all. You You're pretty good at that. Fist fight over Bob Dylan because yeah. you hate Bob Dylan. Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay, which so we've talked about in the podcast before. I, say, I think this has come up in every episode. But it, I, I, in I, fact, I think the story. I think yeah. <laughs> but like the, the long and the short of it is, like when Someone I was rewriting this, I was like, this isn't really fun. So like it's, it's fun to write horrible. about it. it like it, it's it's interesting to write about it, but like no, it's actually when pretty I re- bad. When I'm rereading it, I'm thinking. This isn't like, you know, the hijinks I remember. Okay, so... <laughs> this no. is kind of like, it was a shitty situation. Right, and also, for me, I it was so much drinking that it was not right. I, I you, did, you, you were kind of putting a lot away. Yeah. We all were, but... I, just, I mean, I just loved alcohol. Well, but you got funny, so, so, so like we weren't taking right. you too the seriously. The thing that happened with me and my drinking was that when I got to L.A. and drank, I always ended up crying in a pool with mascara running down my face. So it turned from, like, it became not fun. Yeah. It's bad when you're, like, go from a happy drunk to a crying drunk. What's the issue? And you just skip the happy part. So I would skip the happy part and go right to crying. That's well, not fun see, anymore. See, like, you were, you were, like, 90% happy drunk. Yeah. I mean, I saw you cry drunk oh, a couple God. times. Which yeah. we don't have to go too deep into. <laughs> but it's like, you know, your happy drunk outweighed it. So we were very... No. So we were I very encouraging of that. Yeah. yeah you were no. one of the few... 
women who were around regularly. Yeah, it was. So I mean, remember, there was, there was oh a rotating cast of women who, who came and went. Slept with them. And, uh, slept with the people. Yeah, with, with those guys. But you kind of stuck it out. I did. And we're I friends. Really, I mean, and we've stayed friends. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And you're the only one I talked to from that. Me that too. Kind of, yeah. You, you know who I talked to? You and Jisa. Oh, wow. Jisa and Nico. Yeah, she was cool. I liked she her. She really liked you. She told me, I said, oh, I'm seeing I'm seeing um, Vince. And she was like, oh, gosh, I love him. Yeah, Jesus was great. So, okay. Well, and then there's the other person we both know who's more famous than, you know, all of us. But the one? The one who's in TV and movies, who's in the new Halloween movie. Oh, yeah. 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 But I always got along with her. Me, too. Yeah. Me, too. Me, too. I, no, no, no. I'm probably just jealous. That's why I say that. <laughs> I mean, She's the only person of your class that, that really of, that like is sort of living the dream. But even like, but it's a qualified dream because whatever fame she might have or whatever success she might have is always being the best friend in a movie. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, right. I, I, I think it must have its weirdness too. You know? it, it, it's like, gotta have. I mean, I saw her on a. Uh, interview or something? Yeah, for like, she was promoting some new, like, show she was on, which I probably didn't get picked up. And the joke that she made was, hi, I, you know, she said her name and she's like, should we say her name? Or no? Do we give a fuck? Don't probably, say any of this. No, yeah, you can say it. All right, Judy. so it's Judy Greer. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, she was very talented in college. She was. And she's like, hi, I'm Judy Greer. You probably know me from every uh, pilot that's never yeah. actually been well, picked up. Well, she's actually on Kidding now with Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. And it's right. supposedly an amazing show. I've never seen Showtime. I I don't have cable, but she was on Arrested Development. She's been yeah, on Archer. Yeah, she's been on like everything. She knows. She, so yeah, there's she, success there. But I, I imagine she may feel that her success is minimal compared because if you're in Hollywood, I'm, I'm assuming you're. And I don't know. I've never really lived there, but like the assumption I have is that you are comparing yourself to that's, first of all every other hopeful well, and every other successful person. I feel like it is. Every, I wonder, you know, the thing about Hollywood that's really obviously garbagey and tricky is that it's never, it must feel like it's never enough. Yeah. Because, like we were saying earlier, in terms of fast, it's all about fast. Like, can what can you produce? The next movie, the next audition. It it seems like from people I know that one is never enough. Like you, you yeah. can't just bank on oh this I have this thing coming out and it's really going to be awesome. And then once it's out, it's like okay, but what do you? doing next right. unless you get on a show i guess that that runs and runs a la friends or something but even then it's like oh my god then you're yeah. just known as a anyway i mean that's the other thing like there are people who've broken out of that obviously jennifer aniston but we really think about it. everybody else who's connected to that show has really their lived. character it's still the shadow of the show someone said that the uh show with uh the woman who played phoebe lisa kudrow yeah. is good the comeback yeah, i haven't seen it good. you know what's so crazy as an actor and a writer i watch no television <laughs> That's kind of dumb. Well, I always no, think, it's not dumb. Well, You're focusing I on your read, own and I, I, I just read the Manson biography, and it's really good. Charles Manson. I'm a big true crime nut. Yeah. And um, the Manson biography was really, really good. But other than that, I mean, I watched... Today I watched, I'm so embarrassed to say, oh, Snapped, the show where women lose their mind and kill everybody. I don't know that show. Oh, it's on it's on Oxygen or something. But I watched reruns on YouTube oh, wow. of Snapped. <laughs> and the woman is always like, Marjorie Kenner was married, everything was great, until her cheating husband made her go ballistic and cut his balls off. Like that kind of a thing. And I, well, that I, sounds compelling. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was really fun. I mean, 
he yeah, probably deserved it. See, the thing is, the reason I like that show is the men usually deserve it. Yeah. And so the, when the women snap, it's not like they're killing kids or killing. Yeah, they're not drowning their babies. No, no, no. They're they're really. They're castrating. They're castrating bad people. Bad people. <laughs> it's hard not to get behind it. It's hard not to really root for them. <laughs> I mean, well, okay. I mean. Yeah. To, anyway, I, I don't. I don't. I think that's okay, though. That if you're, you know, you're you're, you're an actress and a writer. Yeah. Uh, which we didn't even introduce you as. That's you are right. a multi-talented actress and writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the birds. you know, you don't need to. En- like, how much do you really need to engage in all of that, or as opposed to being focused on what you're? Yeah. Doing? I mean, I think that there's a there's a. Um, I can get sucked into make believe and then be like, oh, I just spent 17 hours. Like, if I binge watch a show or something, like, uh, what did I binge watch recently? I don't know. I got into the American Horror Story series for some Uh, reason, and it's such a nightmare. The last one was horrible, but but the first two, and then I'm like, 15 hours is gone of my life. What has happened? It's a little sad, (laughs) right? I uh, yeah. We just binge watched. fuck was that show The House on Haunted Hill oh no yes I mean I'm saying uh, I hear the Hill House The Haunting of Hill House yeah whatever it is is it horrifying no what is everyone talking about no it was a cakewalk it was nothing It it was not scary in the least I mean, it was... I heard it's like a, a horror mixed with a grief story. It is a 70% family drama. Okay. With a some... la Ordinary People. Really? With like... Not as good. I with like, ordinary. you know, 30% ghosts. And... Uh, well, why is everyone so scared? Because it's bullshit hype. Oh. It's all marketing. It's not terrible. I mean, I totally... like. They said... The AV Club said, sorry, Hereditary, like House on whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. It's the scariest thing of the year. Uh, and that's absolute bullshit. I, I didn't see pre- Hereditary. It's pretty it scary. Really? It was good. I like it. I'm but this is, I mean, if you want to see scary, a fairly scary, like that's scary, as opposed to this. What is the, did you like this or no? I mean, you know, I didn't hate it. I watched it. Someone said I, it's like six feet under with a little bit of. I mean, because there is a mortician character. I don't know. I liked individual parts of it, but it, it's kind of like a mess that, um. The, is Timothy Hutton? Yes, he is. Speaking of ordinary people, yeah. Right. He's the dad. Um, parts of it are very interesting. Everyone looks very pale and fucked up. Like, they don't look Yeah, right. well, that's, that's they, probably intentional. They've got, like, um, a lot of bags, pasty there's some bags suffering. under their eyes. Some a lot of suffering. It looks like there's a lot of suffering. Yeah, but it's just, it's you know, you know how the, the whole machine works. Like, you have to, how are you going to make something look original and look compelling when there's such a fucking sea of other things. Um, so I feel like they had to market it as oh, so goddamn terrible. It was kind of like a like a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, they, they marketed saying people passed out. That's absurd. And threw up. No, no. It's nothing you haven't seen hundreds of times before. Did you see the new Halloween movie? Do you care? Is that your thing? No, I, I love the original Halloween. I, I love it. Yeah, I think it's a great movie. I've never liked any, any of the of sequels except for three. the third one, yeah, which is kind it's of different. Hilarious. It's silly. And funny. Yeah, yeah. It is only like another, what is it, a week till Halloween? Yeah. So we can sing it well, seven more days huge, till Halloween. There's a huge pumpkin behind us. I didn't, I didn't us. even notice there was a pumpkin Actually, next I like that pumpkin. Did you notice that there's a uh, skeleton behind you? No. And speaking of the 90s, there's a video hound up there, oh which God. no one has read the video hound since IMDb became a thing. <laughs> no, video hound, and they used to have um, like a hundred movies to see before you die and all kinds of video hound. Yes. I mean, it's pretty amazing. 
this bar is like a very cool bar. It's a little time capsule. Oh, another thing I'll direct your attention to. It's not a dive at all. No, I wouldn't say it's a dive. No. The drink prices are great. Look, I like this place. I like the wood. I like the wood blinds. Even if there might be fake wood blinds, I don't care. I like the fact that I'm going to come here and write is what I'm going to do. You should. If you come here at like uh, 2 in the afternoon, yeah, it's bright. And uh, you can sit in one of the window seats, and it's not a, there's not a lot of people here. The thing I like about this bar too is that even though it's it's um, like an old school bar, it's not a dump at all. No, I mean it's clean, it's nice. Well, it, it, my my the, my landlord who does own it is a uh, a woodworker. Okay, because he's got a wood shop in our basement basically, and so I think a lot of this is. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a hand in a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, it's beautiful. No, it's a great bar. I'm glad like we it. came here. Yeah, I am too. Um, I was gonna ask you another question. Please, how's means. your dog? My dog is good. My dog's insane. Um, dog hates me. He doesn't. Well, my dog doesn't like anybody. Really? But my wife and myself. He's never liked anybody else. Did he bite you? No. Oh. He tolerates oh, Jeff. <laughs> he, he he doesn't really. My dog will bark at you if you're in my apartment for a while, and then he will calm down if you sit still. But then you make him move. If you go to yeah, go to the bathroom or anything, he will lose his shit. Will he bite you? No, but he'll come. He'll act like he's gonna bite you. Really? I mean, he's ten pounds. He's not gonna really yeah. do a whole lot. It's not like a Rottweiler here, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but he is. He he's territorial. He was a backyard dog before he got him. What does that mean? He was chained in the backyard? Well, he probably never had, never, he was never really walked on a leash. It was like, if you have to go to the bathroom, we'll open the door and go to the and fenced off backyard. But that established this idea of this is my territory. Where did you get them? From a local shelter called nice. uh, Felines and Canines. and Canines. Yeah. Canines, I've heard of it. But they told us that he was, a, that, that was a story. So, did, the, you, did you know he was going to be a... No. They totally downplay. Like, does they he get, always do does that. he get along with other dogs? Oh yeah, he hates other dogs. He does. Oh, he sees another dog and it's like, fuck you, get off, get off my. When I walk him, you and I walk to, him you every have to day. Cross the street. He thinks he has to protect me from any encroaching dog. So what does he do? He barks his ass off as soon as he growls. He sees. He especially does not like huskies or um, greyhounds. And there are an amazing amount of huskies there, and greyhounds in my fucking neighborhood. And Rogers Park has a lot of greyhounds. Right. They're everywhere. Right, right, right. And he yeah. sees them and he just goes like, oh, fuck you. And he just starts barking. I gotta, like, hold him back. I can take this bitch. Yeah. And if I let go of that leash, which I would never do, he would, would run happen? in the street to cross the street. You know, oncoming traffic, he don't care. He would bolt towards that other dog. And try to kill it. And try to kill it. The weird thing is, when I bring him to daycare, yeah. if I ever have to do that, he's fine. It's only, he's leash aggressive. Oh, it's you. He's trying to protect. Trying, yeah, so if he's mixing and it's not his territory, because yeah. that's like, oh, there's already other dogs here, yeah. he just mixes. He's like, whatever. Because I asked him, like, how does he do? And they're like, he's great. <laughs> oh, my God. I've seen videos that they posted on really? Instagram of my dog. And he's fine. And he's like, him and about 10 other dogs. Running not even, around? Like, 20 other dogs just kind of hanging out, running around. Which one do you go to? Uh, Bark Bark Club. Oh, yeah. But that's what he does. Wow. But otherwise, when we're home, he's great. But if we're walking, I just know it's going to be, he's going to act like an asshole. Oh, my God. And I got to apologize. It's like having an asshole kid. Yeah. It's just like, my kid's an asshole. Sorry. Yeah. Like, you know, it's yeah. just how it is. My dog. Yeah, I see other people and they're like, oh, can we say hi? They have the like, no. I mean, my dog will not be nice to yours. Oh, I'm sorry. He'll get you with his one tooth. Yeah. Does he have one tooth? No, well, but, he, one but he has this. Snaggle tooth? It won't go in his mouth. So it always looks like Billy Idol's snarl. 
He's like, like every time. He's like an old drunk. He's kind of like an old drunk. He's like an old hillbilly. Uh, and when he's he's shaved now, so he's pretty tight. Ah, in the I hair. saw. Yeah. But when he lets it grow, when I let it grow he out, like a he's like a matted haired hillbilly, hippie fucking trust fund <laughs> asshole, dirty stinking. Rolling around in the dirt and stinking of the earth, like oh. he's like a he's like a Burning Man before it got to be oh. Silicon Valley kids. Just dirty fucking hippie Burning dog. Burning Man is disgusting. I've never been, but I, I haven't either. But you couldn't pay me enough. No, you could not pay me. Coachella, <laughs> I'd rather freaking I, I don't know lick the ground. When was the last time you went to um, a fucking concert? Um, not for very like. A long time. I'm trying to think of the last concert I went to. Yeah. What was it? Oh, I went to an amazing concert, which was um. Oh man, it was a David Bowie cover band that is MCA at the MCA. They have d- played the MCA. Okay. No, the, the cover band was at a place in Berwyn that they have a. Anyway, it's a famous cover b- David Bowie band. Really? It's called um. Uh, it's not Queens of the Stone Age, obviously, but it's like Sons of the Something Something. Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, yet. Bowie's my hero. So. Yeah. So, it, and I thought, oh my God, we're going to go see the shithole. And my friend Robin took me, and I was like, this the guy, it's amazing. And he's a lead singer of another band, and I can't remember. Oh, The The. The lead singer of The The. What? Uh, right? Chris, uh, wait. Uh, I can't, I'm blanking on his name suddenly. Uh, bald guy, British. I think it's I don't remember. And it's it's one of those bands where you're like, oh, this guy's anyway. Oh, Chris Cornell. Or no, no, Chris Conley. Yes. He was the revol- uh, singer for the Revolting Cox. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, a local guy, Scottish. Yeah. Scottish. Yeah, he's a Chicago. He owns he's, Reckless Records. Yes. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. He's Bowie. Oh my gosh. So that was the last concert. It's not really a concert, but I have a Bob Dylan concert story. Oh no. He was horrible. So my mom took me. My mom took. We do a lot of Dylan bashing on this. I know. Oh, well, that's okay. That's okay. My um, ma took me to the Sears Center to see Dylan and uh, Kings of Leon opened. Oh. And uh, they weren't so good then. And uh, I know nothing about them. I know nothing. I I think his voice. He strains. He's a strainer. He's like, I just I can't stand it. But anyway, Dylan. We thought, okay, Dylan's gonna come out and do a guitar. Oh my God, he was too old. This was like maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago. He looked like a vampire old. I was like, that looks like my grandfather. And he was just on the keyboard playing. You can't see me because I'm not on video. But like, it was crazy. And he was just like, I couldn't understand what was going on. I was so sad. For all the shit that I talk about him, when I think about Dylan... In his relentless touring, I, I have this mixed feeling of like I admire his drive or I pity his need. Why is he doing I don't, that? I don't. I mean, I have this feeling about like I think the Rolling Stones should stop oh, touring. Oh please! I kind of feel like a lot of these guys have more than earned. Like I may not like Maybe Dylan. Maybe they're bored. Maybe. I mean, I, I do want to admit hope that in Dylan's case it's that because he's not just going up there and singing hits. Like I think he's actually going out there and doing like in his mind. He's like Some, contributing. He's like yeah. moving. He's moving Whereas forward. Whereas the Stones aren't like contributing. Oh, you couldn't pay me to see the Stones. Oh, a total oh. shift in music, by the way. But I love this song. What is this? This is that's entertainment by the Jam. Oh, all right. So we. But but I do think with Dylan, I, I want to. I, I I feel kind of bad. Like 
I don't want to say he should stop touring, but I do feel like guys like him, whatever else I might think about him, have fucking earned the right to rest on their laurels. Or just do something else. Maybe yeah. make movie, like, like do another hobby. Maybe get well, a hobby. I mean, like, there are people who I love. Like Tom Waits puts out a record when he yeah. feels like it. And they're not as great as they once were. Uh, I always go to Tom Waits as my counterbalance. Well, Tom Waits was a huge part of my 20s. Yeah, we listened to him obsessively. obsessively. But, like, I kind of like that he doesn't tour that much because, you know, his voice is fucked. He doesn't need to. He he shouldn't, is sort of what I feel. He he gets the hint, kind of. He's like, I'll put a record out and people will buy it. And and, that's it. And then I can just, I don't need to tour because I got my money. Yeah. Like, the Stones, do they really need to fucking keep touring? I mean, the only people who are going to the Stones are, you know, guys my dad's age or like the lawyers I used to work for who yes. pay hundreds yes. of dollars to go see so the I know people that have paid thousands. Yeah, what's left of the Rolling Stones. It's kind of I like, was, leave it a fucking I think thinking about my favorite, one of my favorite songs of all times, not Dylan, not Tom Waits, none of the Stones, is Beyond Belief by Elvis Costello. Oh, wow. Now, good. if you oh, God, it's the most beautiful song. I don't, I think I connect it to with, with kind of a romantic love story that I had going on yeah. with a guy, but who made me like a mixtape and that was oh, on it. Oh, the mixtape. I know. I know. I'm old. Do people do that now? No, of course not. Do they make you a playlist or something? No. Well, they must. They must. They those must. Those were such but a great, the great seduction tool. But so I was thinking of that song and I was like, man, Elvis Costello, man. I didn't ever listen to enough. I got to listen to more Elvis Costello. He's I'm, great. I do like Elvis Costello. I do I don't too. listen to much. I don't uh, listen to any but I new like stuff. I, I think I have a handful of Elvis Costello songs that I want to put on a playlist He's that I love. He's got a couple of songs on the radio from his new album. Really? Yeah, yeah. They play it on a little sure XRT? Yeah. Yeah. A little they're XRT. Yeah, they're, they're solid. I mean, I've never heard a song of his that I've thought, even the ones that are maybe I'm not going to revisit, it's not been like, I hate this. I've never right. had a compelling drive away he, from him. If he comes on the radio, I don't turn it. No. You know, I'm not like, oh, like clear, Clearwater Revival. You don't like CCR? Uh, That's okay. I'm not a big CCR fan. I got to give There's a handful I like. I saw you. Did you post something about uh, new hip-hop versus old hip-hop? Yes. It's okay. getting erased. Okay. So. Did you take a lot of shit for it? Yeah. Well, no. my dad. This is the ongoing, we're on music here, so. Uh, the joke that my, I said that I think the greatest hip hop record of all time, and this is completely coming from me who is not, I do not have a, I do not have an encyclopedic right. knowledge of hip hop. I have, what's that? Which one? Your, your favorite is a good one. Right? Okay, sure, you agree. we listen to it. It is, is it? Blue Mind State oh, by yeah. De La Soul. Yeah. That is their Did third record. Did that come record. out when we were in college? Yes, it yeah. came out in, when we were, when I was living on Southport. Yes, I remember. And it's it, such a great it's album. It's a brilliant record. Production, Prince yeah. Paul, fucking hands down. The emceeing is amazing. Yeah. There's such weird things in that album. There's like a six-minute saxophone solo that has nothing to do with no MC on it. Yeah. They, with the balls on those guys. Yeah. They gave Japanese hip-hop artists a song. That's right. In Japanese. That's it's right. Like, I remember. The balls on these guys. Yeah. They did not give a fuck about following trends. They certainly did And not. I loved it. And I remember when it came out, I loved it. And I still think it's great. And my dad's comment, well, because you can't find it on Spotify. Why? Because they, they sampled, because the, right. the sample didn't yeah. cause change. So my dad was like, I said, I think it's the best hip hop. Yeah. It is. I think my dad's comment was, there's a great hip hop record. Because oh, he's not no. a fan of the genre. Right. But. This is different hip hop. 
because I do think, I mean, I do sound like an old man, but the hip hop today, I do think kind of sucks. I mean, there's great stuff. There's still people making stuff. No, but dude. There's like Common and Lupe and those guys. Yeah, and there's like Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, I like. like, And I like Childish Gambino, but I'm telling you, that era of... Tribe Called Quest, yes. De La Soul. There was an Black Sheep first record. Uh, there was an early, early group called Jungle Brothers. Jungle Brothers, yeah, of course. that were so good. Yeah, the Native Town Family, like that kind of stuff. For me, it was what Public Enemy, KRS One. Yes, we grew up on that. My favorite, Eric B and Rakim. Oh yeah, of course, Eric B is king. Um, my friend Anthony had the best comment ever when we were listening to um, we were at work, and he's a big hip hop head. Yeah, and we were listening to Eric B. Or not, I'm sorry, KRS One song. Yeah. Uh, you must learn. Yes. And it's a pretty smart song. It's all history. And, he, and, he, and we listened to the whole thing in silence. Like, yeah, it's just grooving on it. And then he goes, this. This is why I hate every fucking booty shaking song yeah. that's on the radio now. Because yeah. fuck this. What yeah. the hell happened? told me that like I have 4,000 friends on Facebook oh you How do is that possible because you're blown up <laughs> you're, you're people who know people it's so weird okay you have to know I mean you've I got you've got connections I do it's true but I'm also yeah I'm old I work in the entertainment industry I worked for WGN for a long time I stopped that shit aren't you back on GN just visiting people um I you know Radio is so interesting and really hard in that it's a dying thing too. I know. I so love radio. I love it. Believe me, I have am I'm an AM WGNer and a sports radio person. But and and NPR's all right. It gets me a little down. But the beginning yeah. of the world is a hard place. So um, so working on the radio, I was a, basically a fill-in. I, now, I was like their favorite fill-in, so, which means that I filled in all the time, but they wouldn't give me my own shift. And I did that for three years. And so they'd call you like two hours before and say, hey, can you go on for so-and-so? Can you, can you do this for so-and-so? And it would just be like, okay. Or, but I would have to or work from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. Oh, I remember that shit. Yeah. yeah. So I just said to them, sometimes you have to like draw a line. I was like, look, either give me my own shift, one shift a week on a Saturday, or I'm I'm done, and they wouldn't give it to me, so I, I had to sort of stand my ground, yeah. and say you know what, and it wasn't, you know they, they didn't pay that much and whatever so radio is really hard yeah. Just like at any other sort of media. Not a lot of people listen to radio. I know, which I like. I like these days, I what do you listen, listen to, to? I listen to a lot of AM radio. I listen to NPR. Yeah. But they, you know, they piss me off too. Um, but I listen to, like I have, in my car radio, there's two FM settings and one AM setting. Okay. Two, or who are the FMs? Uh, NPR and XRT. Okay. So I go back and forth. Yeah. And then um, if I go to AM, it's usually set to either um, CPT, the Progressive Talk Show, yeah. or uh, or GN, because yeah. it's right down the, the dial, 720. And it's like, it's like pretty okay, but sort of benign in a way. But the thing that's like, but people don't listen to radio. No. I like it, though. I'd rather drive I find, listening to Oh, that. I find it so soothing. I don't do a lot of, like, I, uh, other than... 
I mean, I just really have fallen in a grunge hole in terms of music, which is crazy. I never really got into it, but like, I don't know what is my problem. That was the big debate that we were, I was having on my family on Facebook was, my brother feels that the greatest five years in, well, he says music history, forgetting, of course, that there are other genres besides popular and rock music. Um, right. You know, like right. fucking jazz. Right, or, jazz, blues, whatever. Yeah, but, but it was like 89 to 94, which is kind of the grunge era. It's the it's the beginning. Yeah, and he thinks that and everything sucked kind of in the late nineties for him. Like it was when you had the oh. the shitty like like fucking what was that weird Christianish rock band like uh oh a Creed Creed yeah like that oh, that's shit. horrible yeah like so that's all no horrible. no I I love a good um I would say ninety to ninety. Eight for me. Okay. Maybe 97, 98. I don't know. I just have become obsessed with like early, early um, Soundgarden, but also early like weird like Mother Love Bone. Mother Love Bone. Yeah. Really? And also um, a little later in that time, I'm a huge like, and it's not grunge, but I'm a huge like Built to Spill fan. No. Keep it like a secret. Okay. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. There you go. So I love, you know what? If I could do anything in life, I would be a musician, a rock musician. Really? I forget this acting stuff. <laughs> Seriously, when I write, I write like my movie has a whole soundtrack and it, and in the notes about the movie I say a little a little word about the music and I say these songs are essential I don't care if we spend the whole budget which is not existent at this point on music this is what I want and yeah. it's very specific songs and very different genres too so like Miriam Makiba um, and then Howlin' Wolf, Prince, nice. Elvis Costello nice. there's a uh, but the title of my movie is Past and Gone, which is a lyric from the Jimmy Cliff song, Sitting Here in Limbo. Yeah. Um, and so I love that. But anyway, music is the best. And sync I, licensing is huge, though. What'd you say? Sync licensing is huge to I, get the actual record. Yeah, I'm going to get it. I don't I care if I have to fucking sell my non-existent <laughs> blood. Yeah. I actually, I, 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 had to, I had to ask for rights for a reprint in uh, the book. It did, I, did it work? Uh, one place got back to me. I think I'm going to get the rights. Okay. Um, but like one, I, I started picking things that were in public domain. Because it's just, you don't, don't have to fuck the, with it. I don't want a remake, though. I don't want a remake. But you but know that's what? the thing. For a, for a movie soundtrack, for like a book that's easy, I can just quote. But like, I know. you're using it for a film. I know. They're, we're never going to get half of it. But we might get some of it. Like, for the movies, I don't know. So those are your guys. Those are your bands. I mean, and also, just... Um, like, even early Pearl Jam. Like, I went to the first Lollapalooza, the second yeah, Lollapalooza. Me too. I went to the first. Jane's Addiction. Yeah. yeah I love. Yeah, Nine Inch Nails, Puddle Surfer. Nine Inch Yeah. So, I, that is my music. And, and then early hip-hop. So... You were into the hip-hop. I remember that. Oh, I love... You were into hip-hop that I remember that nobody else remembers. Yeah. Like, The Boss. Yeah. Which was a pretty, uh, you know, this very feminist yeah. hip-hop from yeah. the 90s. Yeah. With a very the famous, boss. fuck you and your manhood. Yeah, yeah, The Boss. I loved MC Light. I loved yes. Salt and Pepper. I like you introduced me to a band, by the way. I, I just thought band? Uh, Afghan Wigs. I only listened to it because you were playing that shit. I loved the Afghan The Gentleman Wigs. record is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that record. I saw we, them. We just saw them, like, a 
couple months ago, handful of months ago. I saw really? them. And at the Metro. Yeah. I saw them at the Metro 20, like 20 years ago. My wife was there. Yeah. Because, yeah. She went, and like, we have a friend that turned us on to them, and we have like, oh my God. I love Afghan yeah. Pigs. Yeah. Afghan Pigs amazing. That is, that is one of the best records from that era, I think. Oh, the, the best. Yeah. It's, Even the one that followed it was good. Black Love is good. Yeah. I loved them. I, but I remember also, that was what you were, you were listening to I that listened to in that. your dorm room. I also was an early, early, um, um, it, like very early Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, well, you and Gisa. Gisa, all over Gisa that loved him, yeah. but he's a total dick. He's, I, I hate met him at Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, so yeah. Much. yeah. But the first, like the Gish, Gish, Gish is a Gish great. Wait, I have to say that Gish I qualify. Most people. Gish lives. is a great record. Yeah. And I was really into well, that. You know what you should do? You should but do I a totally, music podcast. Really? I know. We kind of do talk about music. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, I have pretty strong opinions on music, but. Well, like Gish is great, and then everything else sucks. I kind of do hate everything except for Gish. Although they're, they're, I don't know. The and song. Gish was a little poison for me after, Why? like, because that guy's a douche. Well, he's a douche. It's such a nobody bitch. likes him. Well, he I wasn't a douche then, though. I don't think. I saw them live a lot then. I mean, they were a local band. You know who I Gish saw era. like one of my favorite concerts of all time was Cypress Hill. This is so crazy. I saw Cypress Hill the night before I had been tripping on mushrooms. I went to Cypress Hill... And I didn't smoke weed, but there, there was so much weed. You know, I don't smoke weed, but if I was at a Cypress Hill show, I kind of think I would. My proxy. Oh, you, you would have. So <laughs> they choice. smoked so yeah. much. They had a huge blunt the size of, it was like the gimmick. Yeah. yeah. And they smoked this huge blunt. And everyone was just stoned in the audience. And uh, it was a fun concert because everyone, everyone was just whacked out of their mind. It was at the Aragon. But it was like, you know. So it's going to sound like shit. And it's you might as well just get bass. It was you couldn't hear anything. Just feel the bass. What yeah, else? It's like that place is the worst place to see. I'm a thinking show. of like I saw the Beastie Boys at Metro. Wow. That's pretty hardcore. What tour? Was that Check Your Head? Um, it's got to be. So what I mean, you what you want? Yeah, Check yeah, Your check Head era. Head, yeah. Like yeah. they were just they because it like because it's they, like, amazing to me back, like, right? how the Beastie Boys were like this huge band when I was yeah. in grade school, high school, and then they when made they put that album out. It just like. Well, when they put out Paul's Boutique, which I think is their masterpiece, everybody hated it, though. Like, that album tanked. Um, and it is a, I think it's a masterpiece of the I, record. I, I do like it. And yet, like, I can't believe how, because I remember when that came out, all my friends who love License Tale were like, oh, this record sucks. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to listen to it. And then, like, 10 years later, like, Check Your Head came out. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. I like Check. And then I went back and listened to Paul's Boutique. I'm like, this is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. Like, the most of an unappreciated album. Yes. in its time Agreed. record for that genre. Agreed. Which is again like if you if you see them so obviously um, um, MCA died yeah Um, you had a huge crush on Ad Rock okay you used to have a big Ad Rock crush so I did and I see I I saw him recently he looks like your uncle your great uncle they're old they're old as fuck I was like but he's married to Bikini Kill lead singer Jenny. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. So he the whole I own the sky, sky thing didn't work out. No, but I, I just—they were a huge part of my. Oh, I was right in the metro, right near the wall of speakers for yeah. Check Your Head concert, and I could not hear for like yeah, oh, three weeks. I was like, huh? But it was worth it. That was a great concert. 
Oh, God. That was a great. Did you ever? What's your favorite concert? Uh, see, if I say Tom Waits, then it's gonna be like a why? Because I always talk about Tom Waits. Oh. It's, but it, it was it was a great concert. Did you see him at Steppenwolf when he did his thing? No, I saw him at uh, uh, Chicago Theater. Oh. Uh, that's up uh, ninety nine. Oh, that's like a perfect. Time it was a good to time see to see him. him. That's one of them. Other great shows. Um, the first tour of uh, for Mr. Bungle. Because I was really obsessed with that I band. I love Mr. Yeah, I mean, every, there are only three records, and they're all so weird. The weirdest. But, so, so the I first love. record's a little bit, a little bit sort of juvenile, and goofy. But What's that, that guy's was name, Mike. Mike Patton. Mike Patton. But that concert remains one of the most transformative concerts. Really? Because they came out. Because they wearing masks? such a fuck you to the audience. They come out and they sing. Half the songs were covers, and they were weird covers. They sang a Dr. Seuss song. Yeah, he's crazy. Which he's was the crazy. creepiest song I've ever heard. Yeah. They sang um, a Mr. Rogers song, as I put away my toys. They sang a song called The Clown Inside of Me, which is some obscure song about being a clown. It's just this creepy, and they slow it down, and it's just this carnival horror show. Um, the last song they played was so slow. Like, they played some fast, and they did, they were crazy. But, like, they have a song on the record uh, called Squeezing Macaroni, yeah. which is this really fast, rappy, yeah. white boy bullshit. Um, and when they played it live, they slowed it down was creepily. It, was it cool? It was great. And they have another song on there, which they played uh, at twice the speed. And when it was out, called The Girls of Porn, another sophomoric tune. And after they played it so fast, uh, Patton's like, we had to speed it up because we hate that fucking song now. We just know you want to hear it, so we just want to get it over with. So then they played this incredibly yeah, trancey... don't give a shit. Oh, no. And they played this incredibly, like, quiet, ambient, keyboard-driven... Is it beautiful? Five, ten-minute-long thing in Patton slowly as he's singing climbs to the highest part of the, of the stage possible where were you where metro oh boy and as we're all sort of like lulled and almost what falling asleep he just falls and lands on the drum kit and what? cymbals and drums go everywhere the drummer uh danny heifetz like throws himself back i don't know if it was planned or not but he just fell he just did a suicide dive into the drum kit, had to be carried off stage. And I remember, like, the band, they're all in masks. Like, none of them were showing their faces the entire time. Yeah, right, I remember The entire that. time he had a bondage mask on with horse blinders. And everyone else are, like, in pinhead Hellraiser masks and, like, Michael Myers masks. And, like, I remember when that happened, they all just threw their hands up, like, oh, threw their instruments in the ground. Like, I quit and walked off stage, like, fuck this guy. And a couple of them dragged him off the stage. And I think it was all stage. Like, I think that was just part of the act. Yeah, but he really felt... But after, say, like, seven minutes or so of quiet, ambient keyboard music and singing very slowly, and then he he did that, we were all terrified. I've never been more scared at a show in my life. That's like watching a circus with a high-wire act that falls. Yes. He he just did a fall. Uh, And probably, he had to have thrown his back on. I mean, he landed on a simple... Like with the stand-up. I mean, that was an amazing concert. And I remember seeing that going, nothing's going to top this. Like, I'll never feel anything anything weirder in my life than this. It was just the strangest, That's crazy. bizarre performance art I've ever seen. Oh, my God. It was a very weird show. Like, every, like they, whenever he would talk to the audience, it was always very creepy. Like he was never like, hey, Chicago. It was just like, hey, Chicago, you smell really good. And then just do another song. It was like weird, cryptic. He's, he's nuts. Like, he stopped the song in the middle of it so he could say something like, I like it when they say it hurts. And then they'd start another song. And then they'd go back into the song. It's just, they fucking, they were just weird, like. And they didn't give a fuck.
go. Do you have anything to plug before we leave? No. Yeah. Plug? You're no. not doing it? I mean, you're doing something. I'm doing some stuff, but just go to my Facebook page, Jen Bosworth. Yeah, go to Jen Bosworth on Facebook. She plugs a lot of good, not only plugs, but she has good some quips. posts that are very funny. <laughs> She's got good inspirational yeah, I do stuff. You recently said something like, it was your birthday recently. It have, was. You, have you belated? Thank you. I made a list of 43 things yeah. I have learned in my 43 years. And it, it was, was a, pretty good. They were very good. One of which being it's okay not to drink. Yeah. It's okay not to I, I think drinkers are fabulous. I just can't do I just got tired of crying. There's only so much crying you can do. It happens. I just was like, I every time I drink, I cry. What is the point of that? Uh, There's no point unless you catharsis. really want to. Yeah, but every time? No, well, that's the thing. If I cried every time, I would, I would do right. it. Either. So there you go. Anyway, all right, thank you guys. All thank right, you. Bye. Uh, yay! Oh, you guys are the greatest. <laughs> yeah, are you going to stay? Uh, I'm going to. I'm done.